Tonight we are remembering the 2001 Grand Final and, well, going into it, you know, it was the Bombers going back to back against the Brisbane team that had been building for a few years and, um, you know, they were going for 16 wins in a row and they got there, the Brisbane Lions, to win their first, uh, well, Brisbane's first ever premiership, but uh, Lions' first premiership since 1944. And to talk us about it, uh, we've had Sean Hart and now we've got Jason Nakamatis. G'day, Aka. Good evening. How are you, Jack? Yes, not too bad. Thank you for taking time to t- chat to me uh, tonight. Um, tell us, uh, what, what are your memories of it? Because... Uh, we spoke to Sean just before. Um, he's got wonderful memories. Um, but you had a very interesting week leading up. <laughs> yeah, certainly did. Like the Monday night, you know, went into the, the, the Brownlow medal count. I was actually, we didn't travel down. So I was I was lucky enough to go and just, you know, I just got a new car that day. So I was pretty, pretty good about life. And, <laughs> uh, I just got a Mazda tribute with the bloody column handle with the, with the turbo button. It was pretty cool. Anyway, I went up to... <laughs> We went up to the Legends Room, Ackermanis Room, whatever it's called these days. And they had the club suit on, you know, <laughs> a million bucks. And halfway I was leading and, and it sort of came down to probably the last round. I, I uh, didn't get any votes in the last round, but I didn't in round 21 down at Geelong. And the other guy who was who came second, who was, uh, he had a great year at uh, Adelaide, Andrew McLeod. He had 21 votes at this stage. He actually had 35 touches and one goal in the last round, but didn't get a vote. So I... I won by a couple of votes, got 23 votes. It was really good evening. Like, yeah, back then, they still didn't have all the games. So, I don't think every, everyone knew. Like, if you watched the Lions games, you obviously knew the first half of the year where I got the majority of my votes. I, I played unbelievably, so it was really good. And the <laughs> sort of back, back end part of the year, like, I was scaring the midfield for a fair while, and then they all came good, and the boys, we just got a big run after the, the Essendon win in round 10. And, and to have them again, you know, we, we rolled into the next day and, and you know the, the boys were very happy for me and I was you know obviously wrapped but then you know you couldn't really get carried away it was just back to business and it was, it was really good we had a huge crowd at, uh, at I remember that week of training which was unusual because we usually had two men and a dog there so it was it was packed and then obviously you come down Thursday instead of Friday as we usually did grand final parade and and we had I remember that week well, it might have been either that week or or, or weeks coming into it we had we had uh, Collingwood's captain Tony Shaw come and spoke to us obviously Lee being Collingwood premiership coach got him to come and talk to us and yeah his stories about winning and what it's like it was it was really cool so I think our guys were, were certainly revved up ready to go we had look we were on a big roll we know that but I think Essendon Essendon at that stage by then had a great year the year before I think I was one game the year before they actually went through nine rounds undefeated until we beat them had a really good season so for them to go back to back it was probably just down to the fact that they James Heard and a few of their really talented players were were carrying injuries which you do most years coming to there they might be big they might be small but for those guys and for us it uh, you know it didn't worry us. We we were certainly percolating at that time, and we we had a. I remember the game starting. It was a hot day, you know, which is great for us. Obviously, being the travel, we, people often talk. We're talking just off air about not actually winning and being on top of the ladder, which really doesn't mm. mean much. I mean, Port Adelaide in our era was pretty much always on top. They were had a fantastic round robin kind of record, but for us, yeah, we we just felt like finals. You know, you play home, you get an extra gear, there's extra week off. You know, for us, we always knew we had a little bit more. So that was that was the way it went in there. I think 
being a Brownlow medalist coming into that game, like, you know, you, you go from being pretty, like, you know, everyone knows you're a good player, etc. but then you become a player that, that can't have bad games and, you know, can't be sick and can't be injured. And you, you, the standard that you have to live by after that as a footballer is, is way higher. So kicked the goal early in the first, which was good. And then when you settle into the game, kicked a lot of points, a lot of points in that first half. But as the premiership quarter, and as it does, we started to, to even up the, the goals and points. And by the last, you know, they were pretty much out in their feet. We were, we were running everywhere and ended up having a great win. Yes, yes, you certainly. You mentioned you obviously won the Brownlow and then went into it. Did you find yourself, you know, looking at, you know, going into the game as any extra pressure on you? Like, did you put any more pressure on yourself? Not really. I wasn't really playing as good a footy. I sort of, I sort of the first half of the year, I was probably safe to say, I wasn't really... It wasn't like you aren't fit or anything like that. It, it was just more, I don't know, I just felt like those last six or seven games, you know, I was really struggling to have that real bounce and, and energy that I normally had. Just with, just felt like physiologically I was just uh, just a bit off. But, you know, they're long seasons and, and you try and get them right. You don't always get them right. You really do want to pick your team and your talents and your, your form in September, but it's not always easy to do. So for me, I felt like uh, I played good footy, uh, but it was it was regular, consistent good footy without being at my explosive best. And I think I felt like uh, even on that day, I said to, to Lee during the week, which I shouldn't have said, I said, I'm not feeling as good as I usually did. So he took me off. <laughs> I was off the ground a bit more than I, I normally do. So oh. he didn't need to do that. I was, I was still up and about, but it was... Oh, yeah, I had guys in the streets saying, mate, you know, put money on you now to be the Norm Smith medalist, like stuff like that, that, that I, you just never see. So I, my expectations are always the same, you know. Going in the grand final, you want to play well, no doubt, and you want to do your role, but, you know, it's very hard to control a lot of things. But certainly the external pressure felt like it was more, for me, I was more worried about, you know, trying to do the best I can for the team on the day. That's really never changed. Yeah, no, and, and nor should it, and uh, well, all the luck to you. Now, uh, we spoke to Sean Hart just uh, earlier, uh, Norman Smith Medal this, this day, and he, he was just saying it was just a magnificent reward uh, for going through his career and, you know, all the downs that the Brisbane Bears had and then obviously merged with the, the Fitzroy Lions and then coming out of the other end with premierships. Uh, was it was the feeling similar to you when the final siren rang of uh, just, you know, how good's this and what a journey you've been on? Well, for every individual, it's probably a little bit different. Like for, for the club, yeah, that's a that's a pretty easy, understandable journey, you know, having been the Bears. And, and we, in my first year in 95, we made the finals and we were probably the best, second best team in the comp by the end of the year. We had a really good run, came third the next year, eventually sort of faded away with poor coaching and injuries and whatnot. So I think the league era was very important. It was, it was a big, uh, you know, big, big, big sort of, I suppose, uh, reason to get Lee and a coup for the club to get someone of that profile was definitely necessary. But I think for me, my, like my journey is a little bit more emotional because at that time, like I had, I, I grew up with my mum and my mum had passed away probably in 97. So four years before then, I was quite young. I was, I was 20. So she was quite young. She was 41. So I think for me and, you know, all the work and effort and, you know, taking me to training, before I could drive and take them to the games. Like that's a that's a lot of years of work. And, you know, I was glad my brother, Rory, that's my, my younger sibling. So for us to be there on that day, like that, that's a little bit more special because 
footy was obviously something I was very good at. There wasn't really a lot of other things in life I could have done to, to escape the sort of cycle where, you know, single parent, not a lot of money, etc. So there's a lot more in it, I think, in the emotional side. But so my end and what I went through, but for all the players, I, I know that that whole journey, it's all wrapped up in there, not just the Cobbs journey, but their individual journey to get in to the AFL, become a, a good player, a very good player for some of us. And, and be able to sort of contribute on the big stage and, and they're all because of your family and your support so you, I think when you talk about and you ask about that I think and even Sean you know Sean very much thank God for, for what happened but you know he, the support on, on the ground for him and for all of us that's really what's wrapped up when you win Yes, yeah, I know, certainly, certainly, you, you make a very good point. Uh, Ned, Ned, were you, um, obviously, out there, did you notice Sean and would have, would have he, in your mind, been the best on ground that day? It was, a, it was a funny day because it was, a you know, we didn't really, I mean, our, our midfielders and our forwards were all doing their little bit. It wasn't like an outstanding, outstanding effort, like where you just kind of noticed them everywhere, but I've actually seen it was. I didn't realise until after the game, probably many years later, I watched the replay of the highlights of the game, and I was then I noticed how much Sean was in it. Obviously, you're so wrapped up in the game when you're out there mm. doing your thing and doing the role. But yeah, I, I was like, oh man, Sean, he was getting intercept marks, he was playing, he was tagging, he was getting a lot of a lot of kicks, he was setting up goals, he was in a lot of uh, score involvements, and I think I didn't notice him on the day, but I didn't notice anyone really, unless they were passing it to me or I was happened to be around when they were in the action. So, but years later, yeah, absolutely. Now, looking back, I'm like, man, he did play a hell of a game. And, you know, the winner, Norm Smith, play a good game on, on a grand final day is always fantastic. But, you know, for sure, everyone, everyone loves Sean. He's such a ripping bloke. We all love him. He got more crap than anyone. And he, he, he put up with more crap than you can uh, you can imagine the training and stuff because he's just too nice, you know. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, now, speaking of Norm Smith, so, um, we had Anthony Kudafidis on a couple of weeks ago and he reckons he was robbed of a Norm Smith in 1995. Um, probably second best on ground to Diesel. Uh, now, were you robbed of one in 2003? Yeah, probably. I've actually had the guys. Uh, I don't really mind. I mean, Simon Black set a record, I think, that day for possessions. <laughs> but Blackie wasn't really... He was just accumulating. He wasn't... He wasn't his... Uh, sometimes you can have 25 touches and just dominate, you know, and then you can have 37 and get a lot of handballs and just be around the action. Simon obviously had a super day. He's a super guy, so, you know, you can never begrudge him, kick a good goal. But when you kick five goals in the grand final, there's not too many guys that keep that many guys goals that aren't up in the votes quite surprisingly. They changed the voting time, I think, and the way that they did it. Oh, maybe you're a bit unlucky. Could be on. You know, there's been some some North Smith medalists. Like I thought, uh, you know, in 2016, for example, you had uh, JJ Jason Johannesson. He he won. I thought Matty Boyd was their best player by miles. So, but that's me. You know, that's the way. And I'd coached by then. I can see his role, how important he was, and how well he played. Uh, for me, you know, I had a 20 odd touches. So I had, you know, seven shots at goal and probably I was involved in so many more score involvements that day anyway so I had a really good day look you could do no more you can play no. the best footy and, and, <laughs> and it's up to the vote but I've had guys who actually voted Jared Healy was one he's, who came up to me afterwards and he's done it a couple of times and apologised he thought I, he, he should have put me higher in the vote so <laughs> 
there, cool. No, we also had Bailey Fritch on last week, and he was saying that uh, Luke Hodge wanted to give him the three votes after his six goal performance in last year's grand final, but went up to Bailey and said, "Look, unfortunately, Track had thirty nine and kicked two, so you really couldn't do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think six goals. I mean, that's. That's an outstanding effort. A great game, I mean, but yeah, that's the problem, you know, when you when you actually look across the field, when you give your votes, like for me, you know, when I coached, I was very mindful that like fullbacks and full forwards are the limited amount of opportunity they get, particularly forwards, to kick six and, you know, to do that role, it's it's still pretty much winning the voting would be on par with your midfielder obviously dominating the game and kicking two goals. But I think the two goals and the sheer amount of uh of of uh, you know, possessions probably just yeah. put it in his favour. But so you should, your midfielders should get a lot of the ball. That's their job. They're they're in where the ball is most of the time. No, that's a fair call, Pickle. Um, now, two of the teammates on this day in 2001 and our coaching AFL teams. Um, have, have you made of Michael Voss and Craig McRae's uh, journey? Um, well, Voss obviously the second time round, but Craig's um, uh, go around with the Pies this year. Have you made of that? Well, Chris Scott still coaches Geelong. Oh, Chris so Scott, of course. Yes, three. So there's three of them, three of them in the, the highest level. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of them, though, are still involved in footy. It's quite amazing how many of them are. You know, you go through the list, you know, Luke Powell's still a club land, so it's so it Justin Leppage and, you know, Chris Johnson does, he does stuff for the AFL and he's certainly around about. So there's a lot of guys that are still in that system that still are involved. And even on the periphery, like, you know, with Fox, you've got Lynchy and many guys in the media, Simon, myself, it's a little bit here and there. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys. But I think, I think for Vossi, he was always going to be better second time around. I think, you know, looking back in hindsight, it was it wasn't the best decision to go to Brisbane. Too too green. It does take a long time to become a good coach, anywhere from five to ten years, and you're better off sort of doing that and running your own team. And I think I think the best thing about probably Craig McRae because I've uh, Craig's been involved in seven, uh, six AFL premierships and one VFL premiership winning side. So he coached by himself in the VFL, and I think that really leaving Collingwood and going to Richmond, coaching them, and then end up being in their, their senior assistants for the coaches as well and their, their, their hierarchy of coaches, then going to Hawthorne and finally getting the job with Collingwood. You're seeing that journey with Craig, for example, who's probably much of a no-name in, in many sense, but he's become a wonderful coach. And I know I've seen him coach. I've been there with his coach. I've sent players down to train with him when I was coaching in, in Albury for North Albury. And I was really impressed, you know. He's got that real good balance. And, and Fly, I think, you know, I'm not saying he'll be more successful, less successful. And Chris has been very successful. Uh, Voss is going to be great. His, his tactics, his understanding, his second time round. And, and he, he, he knows about what not to do as well as what to do. So he's going to be... And he's got a good list. Like, Fly, uh, Voss's list is fantastic. It's better than Collingwood right now, but Fly is getting the most out of out of his list at Collingwood and he's always going to be a success. I mean, Fly will probably be there for 10 years like Chris is at Geelong and, and so will Bossy and I've no doubt that they are and they will be top four teams and, and premiership teams at some stage in the next in a half a decade. Well, that'll excite Blues and Pies fans, no doubt, definitely. Um, now, I just want to go back to, to the premierships. Um, going back to back, uh, you, we've mentioned that Brisbane uh, never finished on top of the ladder at any of the stages, and Port Adelaide was this ultimate side. That, you know, home and away season came around, and they were always on top. Um, how difficult is it to go back to back? I mean, we've got Melbourne at the moment. Um, they're, they're, they're aiming to do it. Um, is, is it. Is it really difficult? 
it's, uh, you know, it, I think for us, I mean, and then 2002, our home and away year in 2002 was the best of the of the premiership years and the grand final year. So there was four years in a row we obviously played in the grand final. So, yeah, I think I think the, the, the real key for us was, you know, we were able to have probably, I think we still hold the record for the minimum amount of players that went from 2001 to 2002 to 2003. So the changeover with, with players, so the bulk of those players, most of the team, you know, 90% of them were playing in all those games all the way through to 2004. So that's that's really a key. I think the thing that really does matter, I mean, you look at Melbourne. Melbourne weren't going over the great work on contested possessions. Obviously, last year, the maturity of the group and the midfield, but also getting, you know, really, really good value out of, you know, Jackson and these kind of guys and finding some really good recruits. So at the moment in the modern era, it's probably harder because... The, the the teams that you're up against can actually recruit very very well really good players pretty quickly so back in our era you couldn't do that you couldn't get free agents and you, you had to go back to the draft you had to get compensation it was actually a lot harder to get players to move from club to club not in the sense of them wanting to but more the ease of which they do it these days with the rules so the rules are better for the players and for the team so Teams can, all you need to do in your year is find, you know, a couple of really good young kids that come on and then you get a really good recruit that's durable and all of a sudden your team can go from 12th or 14th right up in the top eight. So it's, it, there's a lot of factors. It is, it is difficult. Melbourne are uh, having obviously the loss of three games and, and had a good couple of wings coming off the bye and they're, they're sort of back tomorrow night. Uh, it will be a great game against Geelong. It will be a ripper, you know, but they, they fear nothing. I think you, you know, you, we'll see where the Cats are at. The Cats have been really, really solid and inventing, reinventing themselves and finding those players every year. That's why they've been able to, you know, not just have great gold-class midfielders. They've actually gone and got periphery players, you know, from Smith, who's a jet, and you've got other players who are maturing in the defence, in the forwards. Jeremy Cameron comes on board. Like, there's lots of stuff to like about the Cats. So, tomorrow we'll... Geelong have sort of come from and where they, they're at now and I think it's pretty exciting to watch the game but it'll be very exciting for Geelong fans Yes, it should be. It should be. And uh, um, Jason Nakamana's Cup was run and won on the weekend, um, won by the Brisbane Lions. Uh, how, how, are you, how are you looking at the Lions, uh, Acker, um, for this year? And can they uh, maybe challenge again or, you know, at least get to a grand final and win a, maybe win a premiership? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're powerhouse. They're going to finish top four if they've got, you know, they keep going the way they're going. They've had injuries and they've been very, uh, you know, persistent and and they've been resilient. I think the game they got whooped against uh, North Melbourne. I mean, uh, Melbourne, sorry, uh, a couple of weeks ago was a, It wasn't. Uh, that's not where it's really at. I think Brisbane can play a hell of a lot better. That. Uh, Melbourne played some great footy. They just weren't able to make the tackles. They weren't able to get the guys around the contest. It, it was really glaring. There was just a couple of issues that they needed to fix. First part of the you know first quarter, they were it was fine. So, and then playing the dogs, the dogs. I don't think the dogs are that far off. Anyway, despite being out of the eight, last game against Brisbane up here, Brisbane get a seven-day break. They get a, a shorter week. They looked a little tired after quarter time. Didn't quite have the energy to match. 
Brisbane. And, you know, there's Brisbane at home. Well, they've lost one game in three years there at home during the home and away season. Not the finals. So they've won one out of five. But they're also, for Brisbane fans, they're, they're still the fourth youngest team. So they're on their way up. Their way up. There's no doubt that that year where we had COVID and most of it was up here really did uh, benefit the, the Lions and the Suns. They didn't take advantage of it because of their list at the time and the, and the way they were playing, but the Brisbane side did. So I think this year and the next couple of years, you're really going to start to see how how uh, how well and, and how that's all been put into place and where it's all at. Righty-oly, that should be exciting. Now, if I wanted to buy a house in Brisbane, um, how do I go about it or who do I call? Well, there's lots of ways to buy a house in Brisbane. You got to see what you want, but you know, I'm I'm lucky enough. Um, I'm in Ascot there, Ackermanus Properties. It's been good uh, two years this this month. So started off at Ray White and then went out my own. So it's been it's good. I mean, in the end, you know, there's there's not a lot of stock, but there's a lot of people here, as you saw in Victoria and Melbourne in particular. They've lost a few people. Well, that's because they're all up here. So the market here is still incredibly strong and pretty buoyant. The rental side, I've got a lot of rents uh, rentals. Uh, they've been just you can't you can't uh, they don't last very long. Put it that way. Same with stock. So the price dependent, obviously. But yeah, you just you just give us a ring, tell us what you need, and you know we'll find some stock for you to buy. And and, and that's the way it rolls. It's it's pretty good market here. You always make good money here. Oh, I bet, and it's always uh, well. What's the weather been like? I mean, a bit rainy lately, but uh, I'm sure it's on the on the improve. Yeah, it was good today. It's going to be good the next couple of days. It has been quite wet. I mean, normally here is the dry part of the year. I think uh, I think we might have lost Acker there, unfortunately. But that was Jason Nakamanis, a 2001 Brownlow medal and three-time premiership player with the Lions talking there. And, yeah, Ackermanis Real Estate. Uh, go here if you want to go to Queensland.